Yo, what's up? And welcome to episode 89 of Throwback Hoops. My name is Rob Clayton, and joining me today is a very special guest who I'll introduce very shortly. So just before we do that, just a reminder where to find us. Uh, please make sure you like, rate, and subscribe on YouTube. Um, and the audio is available where all uh, podcasts can be found. Please make sure you like, rate, and subscribe on there as well. All right, well, you may notice it's a little bit different this week. Um, regular co-host Woody is absent and overseas so it is my absolute pleasure today to welcome guest host Jacinta Govind. Squins thanks thanks so much for joining me and filling in for Woods this week. Oh absolute pleasure thanks for uh, thinking of me as one of the uh, handful of people to fill in for Woody while he's away. Um, I was talking up a big game at Woody's 40th on the weekend that I was going to do a wrap (laughs) in his place I got a bit of stage fright, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> nah, fair enough. Well, I should mention as well, people will obviously be familiar with you. you. You know, you do a whole heap of things in the Hoops community. And this is the third time we've had you on our show, I think, as well. So just a regular now, you know. So it's, it's not even like a special guest. It's just like a, a, you know, a friend coming on the show. So, well, we might start with what you just mentioned first, right? Um, the, the party event of the century, uh, Woody's 40th birthday. So we had the pleasure of attending that on Saturday night. Um, I think we both made it okay. It's we've had a few days to recover, but yeah, how was um how was the night for you? It was really good. It was so interesting that the dress code, as people would expect, was wearing a sporting jersey mm-hmm. and the majority being basketball, but there were a lot of other sports there, which was pretty cool. There was even a Ferrari uniform. Yep. I thought that yep. was pretty sweet. Um, but on paper, the event read like a really formal event like you know there was a run sheet there were MCs such as yourself there was cake cutting so it was a really good clash of pretty much anything you can expect from a party but uh I needed a nap the next day to recover to be honest (laughs) it was a light one wasn't it how were those MCs did they do a good job or what Best MCs going, hire them for your 40th birthday. Today. <laughs> nice. Hey, shout out to the butter chicken as well, right? That was amazing. I really enjoyed that. Um, oh, that spread was really, really yeah, good. I the love food was good. and potato curry too. I was stoked Ooh, that was there. Yeah, I did try the potato. I know we were next to each other in line. I did enjoy that as well. So yeah. nice. Well, I think um, I think yeah, if we're playing uh, where in the world is Woody at the moment, I think he's currently in Wales. Um, so I think he's in Wales for a few days and going to England. So maybe we'll give that little update um, next week. But Shout out to Woody. I know he's going to be listening to this one, you know, as soon as it comes up tomorrow. So I hope you're doing well, mate. And um, happy 40th again. And All right, Squint. bringing us podcast peers together too because the two sport blokes came from Perth, which are... A hundred percent. That was a great effort, wasn't it? Yeah, I had them yeah. over my place on Sunday as well to watch some NBL, including that pretty ordinary Wildcats game that we watched there. So that was disappointing. But no, great to, you know, we've been sort of, you know, mates messaging and sort of keeping in touch over the years that we hadn't met in the flesh. So it was great, you know, getting um, getting to know them better. And, you know, guys like Mookie, who we love and everything else like that as well. And, um, you know, Jimmy, who's, you know, a big fan of the show. It was great to catch up with him. And obviously Nick was there. It was great to catch up with Nick. So, yeah, great bunch of people. And, yeah, seeing everyone rocking all their jerseys for the night was pretty cool. So, no, it was um, it was definitely a party to remember. So, well, on that theme of jerseys, you know the drill now, Squin. So, if you come on the show, um, you've got to show us a jersey. So, you can see you're rocking an old school champion one today, as am I. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what you're wearing today? Yeah, all right. So, um, this is a, like you said, a champion jersey. So, the story behind this jersey is that uh, about 95, my brother, mum and I went to America for the first time 
my brother being probably one of the biggest, in, if not the biggest inspiration to get into basketball because he was following 90s NBA at the time and I just kind of soaked up whatever he did being my closest elder sibling. So this is an Orlando jersey and it is number one Penny Hardaway. I like it. That. That's a classic, that one. Yeah, I think they're actually they're bringing that colour combination back this season, I think I saw. So it's a classic there. So, no, nah, absolutely loving that one. He was, a, he was a great player to watch in the 90s, wasn't he? Yes, I think plagued by injury, um, mm -hmm. you know, very unlucky. It would have been great to see how far he could have gone in his career. But funnily enough, this jersey uh, actually hadn't been washed since the time my brother <laughs> bought it in 95. And I had, I had to ask his permission to take the tag off to wear the party. But in hindsight, based on some of our friends' reactions and they learnt that I took the tag off. Um, <laughs> I think I should have just left it on and sucked it up. Well, it's looking in great condition. You can tell it's been been obviously well looked after there. So really appreciate that one. Well, I'll show you my one. So I just said to you before we started recording, episode 89, and we've never featured a Michael Jordan jersey. So pretty remarkable, really. We've gone, you know, we like showing the obscure players on this one, but I thought I'd change that today. I thought it was time that we, we brought out a couple of Jordans. So as I like to do every week, I've got the, the double jersey, so, and it's a, a Michael Jordan double. So hanging over my shoulder there is a Michael Jordan White Wizards uh, Nike jersey. So those that know my love for jerseys, that's probably my favourite era and brand of jerseys. It's those Nike jerseys that were around in probably the, you know, the mid to, or probably the late uh, noughties to, sorry, late 90s to early noughties. Um, really good feel to them, uh, very good quality and very well made. So I've got a bit of a stash of those, and yeah, they're probably my favourite ones to wear. So that's obviously his Wizards one there, which, you know, he still had some pretty good days. We were talking last week, when he was one of, I think, five players to average 20 points in his last ever season. Um, he actually got that, I believe, on free throws in the last minute of his last game. They pretty much fouled him intentionally, um, and that meant that he was going to have an actual average for the season of 20. So that was a pretty cool story there. So um, I'll stand up and show you the one I'm wearing. So it's actually a super rare one, this one. So I'll just stand up and, and show you that one, and then I'll, I'll maybe talk a little bit why it's so rare. Right. Well, the reason this one's so rare, you can actually see see the NBA logo there, Squint. It's actually a gold edition one there. So see, you can look at your one and look at that one. So it's a special yeah. one they made, a 50th uh, uh, NBA anniversary one. So they only made them that particular year. So I've been told this, well, someone told me this one's probably worth about $1,000. So I reckon I paid less than 10% of that back in the day. But um, anyone that knows me knows that I'm not selling any of these jerseys. So it'll probably just be worth that and sit in the cupboard with all the other ones. But yeah, so it's a 96 90 97 um, to commemorate the NBA 50th anniversary. So it's a pretty random one with that gold uh, logo there. So um, honestly, I feel like I could talk about MJ all day. Uh, I won't. Um, I thought I'd just speak a little bit about some of his amazing accolades over his 15 seasons. So look, I think the six championships and six finals MVPs are pretty well documented. Um, but for me, it's his list of other achievements, which are just to be quite honest, hard to believe. So Rookie of the Year, um, you might need to get a coffee or put your feet up or something here, Squim, while I read these out. So um, Rookie of the Year, <laughs> five-time um, MVP, 10-time uh, All-NBA First Team, 14-time NBA All-Star, including a three-time All-Star MVP. Um, these ones I'm liking. Defensive Player of the Year in 88 um, and also a nine-time All-Defensive First Team. So shows he was the, an absolute ultimate two-way player there. Um, 
He was also a 10-time scoring leader. He won the Steels title three times. Um, and lastly, he won two NBA dunk comps. Um, bit of an asterisk on that one, though, Squin. So any real hoopers will know that it should have been one, um, and that's the Atlanta Hawking me coming out. So Dominic Wilkins was definitely robbed in the 1988 dunk comp in Chicago on Jordan's home court. Um, and even Jordan's admitted that himself. So that's not me being too much of a homer. But look, we won't take that away from him. Um, just an amazing player. Um, the debate for who the GOAT, you know, it's not even a debate in my book there. Um, it's, I was talking with my daughter today and sort of saying the tears I've gotten. Jordan's clearly just on his own tier for me. I had the, you know, the pleasure of pretty much watching most of his career, pretty much all of it there, and just seeing the things he did. I think that, that nine-time all-defensive team there was a, a pretty sort of good one for me there. Um, give me some quick thoughts on MJ before we move on, Squin. Oh, I mean, he is the household name of basketball internationally, locally, and probably forever, because even if you meet people in everyday life who know nothing about basketball, they know who Michael Jordan is. Yeah. And it is literally now a brand, and I think it's mm. pretty cool that um, they keep signing uh, up-and-coming talent, whether they're male or female, to be the face of Jordan brand. Uh, one of the most recent signings being Steph Dolson, who's the backup center for the New York Liberty, who we're going mm. to talk about a little we later. Yeah. Um, she joined the family of Jordan Brand. Very cool. No, it's a good fact there. And you're right, his name just sort of continues on. I think if anyone hasn't seen that Air movie, that was a really good sort of watch there. But, yeah, I think, you know, especially for some of the younger people that watch and follow the show there, you know, get on YouTube, look at some of those highlights and some of those, you know, docos and stuff that are out about him and just, yeah, an amazing player to watch. Um, and, yeah, it's a, an honour to sort of, um, you know, um, show his jerseys today. And as I said, 89 shows and the first time we've shown Jordan. So you can certainly can't accuse us of just showing all the, you know, the, the main players when we do this. But all right, well, I appreciate that, Squin. Um, the double champion jerseys say the Penny Hardaway and the Michael Jordan. So, yeah, I'm loving that. They almost so, look matching. Like, you can tell they're the same fabric, the same trim, the same 100%. Print, everything. Well, they're probably about the same year. You said, like, mid-90s, didn't you, for your one? So they're probably, that's probably a similar or even one-year difference between them. So I know they changed the different countries where they made them. So you probably find these ones were made in the same place because they are looking pretty similar. So, yeah. all right, awesome. Well, all right, we might kick into the show today and uh, we'll talk a little bit of NBL. So, obviously, round one is in the book. Um, and obviously we're going to do a little bit of a preview on round two there but um, look I know we were both at Woody's 40th par uh, birthday party on Saturday there Squin so probably both didn't see that many games that night if at all um, but did you get a chance to check out any of the games um, you know from the, the round one and were there any teams or players or anything that impressed you across that round? So yeah to be honest because of Woody's party and a couple other things I only got to see bits and pieces when I went on the NBL website, I wanted to watch some of the highlights um, and some of the condensed games that they offer on the website. But now you need a login. So I created a login and then I wouldn't use a login and it sent me in this kind of forever loop of creating an account. So I didn't get a chance to watch even the highlights on the website. So um, hopefully that will start working a little bit better. But yeah. um, the, things, the main main uh, Positive points from round one for me was that some of the new imports in particular made an immediate impact because, as we know, whether it's NBL, WNBL, we've got to allow some time for the imports to adjust to the different playing style into the league to expect them to be, you know, scoring plus points a game um, yeah. as they're kind of paid to do. So I think people like Jordan Usher made a great impression. Jalen mm. Allen was back finding his form again back in the NBL. Um but I think uh, another good point was the King's investment in Kawat Noi and uh, Galloway, 
Yep. They were coming yep. up with some big numbers. Great to see the Kings really looking like they're not really missing a step considering they have a pretty different-ish roster but a diff, totally different coach. Um, and shout-out to Fleur for being the lead assistant as well for this season. Uh, big shout-out uh, to Fleur. I think yep. question I had was that Melbourne came away with two and zero for the opening round, which is great, but mm. was it luck and is it sustainable? Yep. Um, the other point was that it was great to see Phoenix, uh, South East Melbourne Phoenix turn it around and go one and one for the opening weekend. I, I wouldn't but say it was that great, but, but yeah, it was, it was good for them. Yeah. yeah, it was good for them, but I feel like Perth <laughs> had a rough drop because they also opened around one with a double header. Yeah. And especially being from Perth, that's always going to be a tough way to open the season. For sure. Well, I think after a few drinks at uh, Woody's party, I was talking up Jordan Usher for being MVP after that great effort he put in on Friday. He wasn't so good in that second leg on Sunday, but to be honest, no one was really that good for, for the Wildcats. I, I'm not sure whether it was a little bit of fatigue in that game, you know, making the road trip over there, but yeah, the second half was was pretty concerning, actually. I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to sort of throw that one away sort of thing and hopefully they can bounce back against Adelaide. But, um, you know, one you mentioned there, United starting 2-0, and their win, so yeah, a little bit interesting. I watched the whole of that game against Adelaide um, with the sports blokes, so shout-out to them on Sunday. Um, Adelaide were really in that game for for a lot of the contests, and that was the, you know, a team that most people have picked to, to be the wooden spoon there. Um, Shay Ilya, not sure if you're across his stats, but over two games, two of 20 from the field. So I was never that great at maths, but I think that might be, say, 10%. Um, but, yeah, shooting 10% so far, so Shay Ilya there. So he will need to sort of bounce back a little bit there. Delhi's looking pretty good. Um, you know, I like the depth they've got on that team as well. But, yeah, started off 2-0. and um, You mentioned the Kings. They were certainly impressive there. DJ Hoag still to come back. Um, um, the other one that stood out a little bit for me was Brisbane. Um, now, look, they didn't have a, a great opponent po uh, possibly playing Adelaide, but I like the look of that Brisbane team there. Baines, he looks like he's back in that you know form that he was in potentially you know prior to that um, bad neck injury he had a few years ago. Um, yeah, just like the like the look of that Brisbane team there. So they could be one to watch this year. Um, you know, they certainly be will be pushing for that play-in spot, I believe. There. So um, well, yeah, it was interesting hmm. that you mentioned that because I didn't have a lot of nice things to say about that Adelaide, Brisbane Adelaide game. No, it oh wasn't the gosh. best game. It wasn't, was it? Oh. No. To be honest, there was a few games that were a little bit. I, I didn't really love the Thursday night game. Um, I actually didn't mind Scotty Pippen talking for a whole quarter because actually the, the the contest wasn't a great one in the third quarter. Um, yeah, I think maybe just a little bit of rust for all the teams there and, you know, sort of getting used to, you know, some of these new rosters. Um, you know, Woody and I mentioned in a lot of the previews, a lot of these teams are running, you know, seven new players on their rosters there. So even though they've had the blitz, I think it might take a few weeks for them to, to get back into it. Um, and there's a few quirks in this draw as well. You know, teams like Cairns that are going over to America, I believe, next week to, you know, do the NBA, NBL games, which I still find strange that they won't play for two weeks and they're almost essentially having, you know, practice games over there. It's, it's strange how they do that. But um, no, but certainly an interesting round one in the books. And um, well, look, we'll talk a little bit about round two. So I've been um, put in charge by Woody with putting up slides this week, Swin. So um, we'll see how I go with that. It's the first time. I know he's going to be all over me as well if I stuff this up. So um, we did mention before it is a little bit um, mini here to see. So hopefully that comes up. But um, I'll just read through those games and maybe we can just quickly give some thoughts there. So um, look, we've got a double header for Thursday night. So at the time of recording, it's Wednesday the 4th of October, so uh, by the time this gets up, you'll sort of be getting a preview of these games, but starting off uh, New Zealand against Brisbane on Thursday evening, uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Oh, New Zealand, 
in the bag. Uh, got, just going back to that Brisbane-Adelaide game, mm. I think you're right. Brisbane have a lot of really positive pieces. They just need to put the pieces well together. Yep. They had to rely on Sobey to really rescue them to make sure that they won that game. Mm. I felt like Isaac White was trying a little bit too hard, not letting the game come to him, which was to everyone's detriment, unfortunately. But that game, there were parts of it where it looks like the bottom of the table clash in yep. round one. And no, fair. No. I think breakers are going to take the bullets pretty easy. Yeah, no, I'll agree with you with that one. Um, well, as I mentioned, a, a probably a pretty rare doubleheader on a Thursday night. So we've got Cairns taking on um, South East Melbourne. So um, got to admit, I didn't really see a whole lot of Cairns um, in round one. I think they were one of those um, Saturday games. But, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting game, that one. I'm probably going to say South East Melbourne. I am quite high on them. Um, I did say that at the start of the season. They've obviously come out one and one. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you reckon Cairns could potentially get that one? Or? It's a big question mark for Cairns because they had three of their main players, including, you know, um, McCall was out for round one. So yeah. big question mark whether they have a full roster. Yeah. I think if they have a full roster, it's going to be a close contest. But given Melbourne have already started to cut their teeth around one going one and one, like mm. including the win over Perth, I think Phoenix will have an edge. And a shout-out to former NBL1 East player, AK Gak, as well. So I got mocked a little bit for serve, you know, saying that he might be a player to get on your fantasy team and everything like that this year. Um, he was really good in that first game there. So it'll be interesting to see if he continues that there or whether he's just filling a space with these injured players. So, well, look, Friday night, I mean, this could potentially be the game of the round. There is a few good ones, but we've got Tasmania taking on Sydney. Um, Two teams have really built up a little bit of a rivalry, haven't they, in these last um, couple of seasons there. So I'll throw to you that one first, um, Squin. What are your thoughts on that, Tassie against Sydney? Yeah, the, the narrative about the rivalry between Tasmania and Sydney is pretty, I don't know, pretty funny because they try and drum it up between the Hawks and the Kings <laughs> as well, which makes yeah. more sense to me geographically. Um, this one will be really, really close as well, I think. Mm. Uh, it will be a big statement if Kings can get a win at home straight away. Uh, but I think I'm going to tip the Kings for this one. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a good one. I know Tassie's one of those few teams on a double this week. Um, look, they really pushed the Wildcats last Friday. Um, you know, I think the Wildcats were up nearly double figures in the last quarter. Tassie got it back to one point. Um, Milton Doyle was just amazing there. He just had the ball in his hands and just made things happen there. So I really like the you know look of Doyle in his second season. Um, I'm going to say Tassie on that one, but I think it actually absolutely, absolutely could be a thriller this one. So this is definitely one I'm looking forward to. So, you know, Sydney time, this is 7.30 Friday night. Um, then the Wildcats have got what is um, seemingly their standard 9.30 Sydney or um, 6.30 now with the clocks changing in Perth time there. So um, Perth take on Adelaide. Um, look, I'm probably not going out on a limb there. I think Perth will bounce back after that, um, that game on Sunday. But that will be three games within a week for them. So three games within seven nights. So maybe a bit of fatigue, but you can't see Adelaide getting an upset in that no, Adelaide being having to travel, they looked mm. very disorganised against Brisbane. I can't see anyone being able to accurately guard Cotton or Usher. So yep. Perth are going to win this by at least 20. No, I like that. I hope so anyway. Um, well, the next one, another interesting one. So we mentioned teams that have been playing a bit. So this will be South East Melbourne's fourth game already when some teams have literally only played one. Um, so Illawarra at home again playing against South East. Um, I know Illawarra's copped a little bit of flack this week. I think they um, a few people are saying, yeah, why did they, they play you know 10 of their players in the first quarter there? I think they were just trying to get a little bit of a combination that they could get going there. Um, I'm going to say Illawarra gets on the board for this one. Um, as I said, I'll pick South East to win that game on uh, Friday night. Thursday night, I should say, but I think Illawarra might bounce back. I'd be surprised if they lose both those games at home. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on um, young Lockie Aubridge as well, by the way, Squint? Have you seen much of him? 
Love him. Love him. Mm. He's my favorite rookie of the year before yep. the season even started. And Me too. Yep. Because when he signed, I kind of did a bit of research on him, watched mm. some of his um, games from NBL One Central. Uh, he, I really like him. The kid's got really, really great potential. Uh, yep. I wonder, I mean, he reads Future Boomer to me. 100%. Well, potentially future NBA player as well. If he shows this trajectory, you know, at age 19, um, just some of the skills he's got and everything else like that. So, no, I'm really looking forward to see him. Um, that was a really big signing for Illawarra, I think, there, and one that really sort of <laughs> got away from the 36s a bit, I think, there. So I think that could be a pretty decent game, actually, on, on um, Saturday think, evening um, there. I think the Hawks will get up on this game as well. And mm. because Phoenix this week, fourth game in two weeks, and for yep. round two they're playing two games away. Yeah, that's to true. From to, to Wollongong. So that's still a decent journey. I think the Hawks will get up. I think this game's going to be probably my, a, a lot closer matchup as well. Yeah. They're a matchup on paper compared mm-hmm. to some of the other games. And, uh, yeah, I think Hawkies will get this. What I like about the Hawks is that they're all still super young and they're mm-hmm. kind of building a little bit of a dynasty. If they keep some of these young players in Greta, Rowling, yep. Ulrich, for a long time, um, you know, they, they could potentially be really, really great in years to come. Definitely. And I think they've got a good, you know, someone in coach um, Jacomas there, someone that's really going to mesh and, and develop some of these young talents there. I think he's he's got a good system in place there. I know we're all sort of rooting for the, for the team and for, especially for JJ, JJ to have success this year. But I think he's definitely the man for the job for, for leading those young guys forward. So, um, all right. Well, the the other game on Saturday in that um, doubleheader there. So, this is where Woody always helps me with their screen. They've got some weird names for some of these local rivalries. I believe this one is called the Sunshine Stoush. Um, it's probably not my favourite name there, but we've got Brisbane at home taking on Cairns. Um, what's your thoughts on that one? Because uh, this is going to be Cairns' second game for the round two. Mm. Uh, they don't have to travel as far, but Phoenix might take it out of them. But I think yep. I'm going to go with Cairns. I'm still going to go with Cairns on this one. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't seen enough of Brisbane to convince me otherwise yet. I'll say, I'll say Brisbane in a close one, but no, it certainly wouldn't surprise me to see Cairns get up in that one. There's certainly a few more games this week. Injuries for Cairns, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's not what you want from you know, the first two weeks of the season, is it, to have three your, your core sort of players out there, but we'll see how that one goes. But, um, well, then we go to the last two games. So I'm liking the way the NBL is doing it this year. They've got sort of games in similar time slots. Um. If you look at it, exactly the same sort of times of games on Friday, um, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, I think that's a good thing, though, right, Swing, because sometimes you change it around and people are like, oh, is there a game on now? What time's the game on? But, you know, getting that 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock games on Sunday I think is a good idea. Um, we've got an absolute cracker at the start of Sunday as well. So Melbourne United taking on Tassie. Um, again, both teams, um, you know, certainly expected to be right up there this season. Um, I'm going to say Melbourne. I, I do really like that roster. It's probably not going out on a limb there with all the talent they've got, but it'll be interesting to see how, you know, Tassie will really have a big emotional game against Sydney on Friday. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on that Melbourne and Tassie game? I think I'm going to tip the Jackies for this one. Um, mm. I think they're going to try and find a second win after their game against the Kings to get a win away. Um, and I, I'm really keen to see the matchup between Jack McVeigh and Luke Travers. Mm. I think that's going to be interesting. Um, Milton Doyle, I think, I'm not too sure who on Melbourne will be able to contain him 100%, but I do know that Melbourne, you know, led by Lee, has a pretty strong defensive edge as well. But yep. I, I, want, I want Jackies to win this one. I really want uh, and good I really call. Miss Jack, Speaking of Melbourne, I really miss Jack White as well. 100%, yeah. I wonder I if we'll... Him play. 
yeah, I wonder if he'll be another one of those players that returns back to the team. We've seen, you know, JLA coming back, Delhi coming back. But, yeah, shout-out to Jack White. And you mentioned Luke Travers there as well. He looks super impressive in those first two games. It feels like he's added a few extra things to his game. Um, he's moving really well. The shot's looking a lot better. It doesn't sort of have that, you know, broken sort of, you know, um, sort of the way he follows through with the shot. And his defense has just gone up another level as well. So it'll be interesting. I said to a couple of the boys on the weekend, if he continues playing like this, he might get a call-up, um, you know, by Cleveland in the NBA this season. So which would be exciting to see there. Um, well, look, we're down to one last game. I think I know who we both might pick for this one, but I'll ask you anyway. So we've got Kings making their, or having their first um, home game for the season, taking on the 36ers. Um, what do you reckon, Sydney by quite a bit? Sydney by at least 20. Uh, 20. I read it so does that mean now. you're tipping Adelaide to lose both games by 20? Yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't particularly like doing predictions and stuff, but um, mm. not, not because I... I don't want to be proven wrong because I don't care because everyone's wrong at some stage of their life, right? It's mostly because um, I feel like I'm going to jinx the team that I'm supporting. <laughs> so uh, that's my hesitation. But Adelaide got Perth, great team, and Sydney, great team. Both teams with lots of firepower. It's Adelaide, a tough double. It is a tough double, especially away. And someone tweeted today on, a, on, a, on another thread um, talking about, I think it was in response to what Olgan was saying on overtime about the perhaps disputes and uh, discrepancies of ideas between the coach and the administration for what Adelaide need. Yeah, it was uh, interesting, wasn't it? How Adelaide, you know, they're very easy to guard, and I thought that was a really good observation. They did look yep. very easy to guard against Brisbane. They didn't look like they really knew what they were doing in the half-court offense, but... I'm sure being the professional team that they are, I'm sure we'll see a lot of changes, but I still think Sydney will win. No, good call. Well, certainly some really good games in that round, right? So really looking forward to, to watch some of those games. Um, I'll be making my first live game appearance next weekend when the, the Wildcats are in town um, taking on the Kings. So looking forward to that. It's kind of an annual tradition now. The whole family goes out and, you know, my daughter puts on a, a little Bryce Cotton jersey, which hopefully still fits her this year. So looking forward to that. And, and honestly, as a Wildcats fan, really looking forward to see Alex Saar as well. Um, and shout out to our boy Ben Henschel as well, Squin. So he just killed it in that game against the Phoenix on Sunday. So 23 points, I think. I think he had the ultimate green light there. So I know he's someone that we both got to see firsthand in NBL 1 this season and really sort of rooting for him. You know, he's not getting that fanfare not being with not being a next star there, but I think he's a great player. And people are already, you know, talking perhaps NBA potential for him as well. So, um, yeah, the future is definitely looking bright all across the NBL there. So I oh, really appreciate that one. So, yeah, we'll see how we go with some of those tips there. Um, as I said, there's a lot of, I guess, blockbuster games to, to really follow there, which is uh, going to be exciting. So, all right, the next part, Squin, I know you've been looking forward to this part, right? So we're going to talk a little bit of WNBA um, and obviously a lot going on um, in the WNBA at the moment. So I thought we might start off though, um, it, look, it happened last week, but we can still talk about it. Um, the MVP race. So it was really close, wasn't it? Um, for those that haven't seen, Brianna Stewart um, was the MVP, um, her first MVP since 2018. Um, and it was a really close race, wasn't it? Um, Stewart edging out Alyssa Thomas and Aja Wilson. Um, I thought it was interesting that Thomas actually had the most first place votes. Um, what were your thoughts on on? Stuart getting the MVP, and do you feel like the voters got it right? Look, any of those top three, Stuart, Thomas and Wilson, are all very worthy MVP candidates and recipients. I just feel like in the context of this season statistically and how much they committed and led their team to finals, I really felt like Alyssa Thomas should have been MVP this season. She puts mm. up some insane numbers. And like you said, she had the most first-place votes. Who was giving her 25 points in third place? I, 
I could not tell you. That's um, right. And I know right? that Stu and fair, you know, no disrespect to Stewie. She certainly had a great season too. She put up a two or three games where they were forty plus games, but um, Thomas was just outstanding. I think I wrote some notes about her. She had seven triple doubles this season, wow. which is a new WNBA record, and mm. the previous record was only two in one season. And she gets she's big triple doubles as well, right? She'll pull out like 14 assists as part of that triple double as well. So, yeah, she's she's an impressive player. And, and for someone that doesn't play point guard, um, being second in overall assists for the regular season is pretty massive. Yeah. Um, first place and third place were point guards. So for her to be second, averaging 7.9 assists a game, uh, it was pretty outstanding. She led the league in rebounds with 9.9 rebounds a game. Uh, and in WNBA history, there's only ever been 34 triple-doubles and 11 of them are Alyssa Thomas's. So I really feel bad for her. I, it, it was you know a once-in-a-lifetime type of season to put up those statistics and do it so consistently. I mean, seven triple doubles in arguably the best women's league in the world in one mm. season. That's never going to happen again. No, it's a great call there. And I think it's strange as well. I don't recall in any NBA MVP votings where the you know first place voter has not won it there. So I'm not sure if it's one of those ones where the votes come out and we can look at who the you know who to name and shame. I know sometimes and that's the problem with some of these awards, right? Some of these people they don't care too much when they've got a ballot there and they, they should care because these things are, you know, it goes down in history and that, you know, people's, you know, you know, financial livelihood and all those other things can depend on things like this, having that in your resume. So, yeah, but I think, look, it was a very close race, wasn't it? Um, I was actually thinking, when I knew it was going to be announced the next day, I thought, oh, I reckon Aja Wilson might just get it. So, I mean, I was completely wrong with that one. But I think all three of them probably had, the, you, know, you know, a right to, to earn that there. So, no, well, shout out to Brianna Stewart for getting that there. And um, Well, the finals are starting this week, right? So I believe it's um, Monday our time, I think, Um and look, I think we're getting that matchup that everyone wanted from the season. Certainly what I was looking forward to there with Las Vegas taking on New York. Um, a lot of people saying this is the final series that they wanted there. So give me some thoughts. Who are you picking? Um, what are your thoughts on this final series? I mean, usually if I go into a very tightly uh, contested final series like this, I mean, the last time I feel like I did this was for Manly Warringah Seagulls and North Bears in the NBL 1 East Women's Final. That was yep. just too close to call. Um, similar situation. In the regular season, these two teams played each other four times in the regular season and they went two and two each. Mm. So just start your storyline there. But then they played a fifth time for the Commissioner's Cup and that's when uh, New York won pretty convincingly in that game for, and that was the first time they won the Commissioner's Cup too. Um, they're just The thing that really interests me about this matchup is A, like you said, it is the matchup that we wanted and probably expected considering both of these teams are considered super teams this season. Yeah. But um, just so many storylines mm. in this matchup. So, for example, um, it's the first time in a long time two former WNBA players uh, are head coaching uh, the final series in Becky Hammond, the Las Vegas Aces, and Sandy Brombello, the New York Liberty coach. Yep. What goes even further in that storyline is that Sandy Brondello um, actually coached Becky Hammond uh, <laughs> when she was an assistant with the San Antonio team that now became, that moved to Las Vegas that are now the Aces. That's very um, random, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's just so many lines like that. 
I mean, the Aces are defending WNBA champs. The Angel Wilson did just win Defensive Player of the Year. So they've got that up their sleeve. They've already got the winning culture of winning, you know, the championship last season. Yeah. It's a very similar roster. Uh, whereas the New York Liberty have a pretty brand new roster and they obviously still do have a lot of firepower getting Stewie and um, Vandersloot in the mm. free agency. Yeah. Uh, Quell Jones as well, because John Quell used to play mm-hmm. for Connecticut Sun. Yeah. So getting those three in one team is is great, and it's great they've been able to gel so far. But um, I was reading a great article today where they interviewed Courtney Vandersloot, the point guard for mm. New York Liberty, and she said that this is a whole other season. So they're all trying to mentally prepare uh, for this final series because, you know, obviously the job's not done yet, but it's just a whole other level and some of the stuff I was pulling from articles today, they were just talking about how um, obviously it's one for the ages, but this great quote from Vansloot, it was uh, an article by Cassandra Negley for Yahoo Sports. And Vandersloot uh, says, the things that we're doing in the regular season, they don't necessarily translate into final series. Mm. So you have to do something different and you have to do something better in all aspects. And that sounds super simple. But it's so true because by the time we get to this stage with this caliber of players, um, they're going to have everything. They're going to know everything about you. They're going to know yeah. which ankle you strap first. They're going to know how many times you bounce the ball at a free throw. They're going to know what your pre-match meal is. You're going to have to find something different and something out of the ordinary and and something deep down inside to get this final series done. So. They're predicting that this is going to be the final series that's really going to put the WMA on the map. Mm. They've already had an increase in viewership, uh, peaking at 357,000, especially when these two teams play. So this series is going to be one for the ages. Yeah, really well said, Esquin. I'm really looking forward to it as well. Um, you know, probably know, those that know me know that um, Lauren Nicholson's my favourite women's basketball player in the world. My second favourite, not too far behind Laws, is Chelsea Gray. So I just love watching the way she plays there. She's she's one of the better one-on-one players I've seen in men's or women's basketball. Some of the moves that she's got there, I'm a big fan of, of Chelsea Gray. So, I, look, I'm probably hoping that the Aces get the repeat. Um, interesting, a, a repeat in the WNBA hasn't been done since 20, uh, 2002 when the Sparks went back-to-back there, which is shows you how things can change around them. The one that probably did surprise me there is New York is the only original franchise to not win a title there. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on them, I think, going in there without having that 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 title there. Um, look, you mentioned those four regular season games, Squim was split. Um, the average margin of victory was 19 points in those games, which I thought was really strange. Um, you know, you didn't sort of get any of those really close, you know, potential overtime games there. I think this final series might be different. Um, we saw in the semifinals some pretty close games as well in the two series there. So I think that will continue there. Um, I'm going to say Vegas win 3-1. I'd love to see it go the distance. But this thing, having that home court advantage, um, and look, they really earned that, didn't they? It was pretty similar in the regular season, the, the records there. But they, they went very well to get that there. And, yeah, really looking forward to, to watch it there. Just encourage everyone to, to watch these games as well. Um, you know, I'm someone that, you know, this is definitely the most WNBA I've um, watched this year. I was in a fantasy comp, and that gave me heaps more interest there. Um, I lost in the finals. That was annoying. But I had, you know, Aja Wilson there. So I sort of had that real, you know, and Chelsea Gray. So I really followed those two closely this year. But, yeah, it should be really good. What was your, your tip then? You said Aces to win, right? 
Oh, uh, I think Aces are going to win. Yeah, they've yeah. already got that winning experience. They've got the same core group, uh, same coaching system as last year. Mm. Um, as long as they shut down some of the the Liberty's three point shooting. Yeah. Uh, but I'm tipping the Aces. And another kind of fun fact that I just found in all of my notes is that this final will feature five former number one WNBA draft picks in Very Stewart. Cool. Wilson, Chelsea Plum, Jackie Young, and uh, Sabrina Ionescu. Yeah, it's an interesting Five, fact, isn't one, it? Yeah. Well, no wonder, no wonder these two teams are so bloody good, right? Exactly. And <laughs> you know what? For us Aussie basketball fans, we've got Kayla George playing for Las uh, yep. Vegas Aces, and we've got mm -hmm. Australia, um, yeah, Australian Opals coach Sandy Brondello is the head coach of the New York Liberty, so we've still got some yeah. Aussies in the state. So yep. either way, one of them's going to have a chip. That's right. Have you ever had anything to do with Sandy Brondello over the years? I was going to ask you that. Uh, I think I've only, I've only been a fan from afar. Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't had a chance to interview her for a podcast just yet. I don't think I've actually even met her. Interesting, um, yeah. Considering how, how privileged I've been in the last uh, two years to meet so many of my idols growing up, it was mm. it was just over a year ago I got to go to the Opals reunion lunch during the FIBA Women's World Cup sit on a table with Robin Ma, Tom Ma, nice. Michelle Timms, Rachel Spawn was there, Emily McInerney, all my favourites were there. Very um, cool. And it was really funny when we introduced ourselves to Tom Ma, he said, oh, hi, I'm Tom, I'm Robin's husband. <laughs> and I was it's, like, ah, uh, we know yeah, who you, you are. You don't need to tell me that. Yeah, we know who you are. <laughs> Very cool. Also, you're not just Robin's husband, <laughs> you also, you know, are the, yep. the cornerstone of what the Opals are today. Like, you're a deal. Well, look, we do have a little bit of NBA to talk. I thought I might just quickly throw one more at you. There was a big WNBL signing this week, wasn't there? Or more like a re-signing there. So the GOAT, Lauren Jackson, right? So she's back for another season. Tell us a little bit about that. She's not done yet, Robbie. No. She's not done yet. The Flyers <laughs> doing a pretty cool job keeping it nice and simple to announce that LJ is returning to the WNBL season for the Flyers. I loved it. It's just a panning shot of the court and then you catch LJ and she's like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> and then confirms a re-signing. And you know what? That is the last official signing for the WNBL season. So, mm. well, with the exception of the Melbourne Boomers having to replace their import, but otherwise, um, final signing of the WNBL season is LJ. All the roster's now complete. Yeah. Uh, the Melbourne Boomers had to switch out their import last minute and they've just announced that, um, is it Naz Hillman? is now going to be their power forward import replacing Chantel Lavender. But, okay. yeah, LJ's back. She's been mm. working really, really hard in the off-season, uh, overcoming, you know, both of her feet and legs were operated on in some respect in the last four months. But, yeah, she's back. She's a warrior, right? Do they play like a, a blitz-style um, pre-season in the WNBL? I know the season starts, I think it's the 1st of November, but what do they do sort of pre-season-wise? They don't play a blitz. Um Rumour has it that they wanted to have some kind of a blitz, but some clubs weren't very keen on it just yet. Mm. So I think something like a blitz may be in the works in the future, hopefully. Yeah. But having said that, this weekend the Southside Flyers and the Melbourne Boomers will be playing a preseason game hosted mm. by Diamond Valley in you know in Victoria. Can't tell you what suburb that's you know, obviously it's in Diamond Valley, but I can't tell you the actual venue name. It is on the Southside Flyers Instagram page, so if anyone wants to go down and check that out. For sure. Um, yeah, so that that's at least they're starting some preseason games now because it is only four weeks until tip-off. 
Yeah, uh, really looking forward to it. Hopefully get to a few games. Hopefully we can attend a, a game or two in person together as well. Esquin, I know, I know Woody will be keen. I'm sure Nick will definitely be keen as well. So maybe we can go and see one of those doubleheaders. I think that's going to be good this year, some Kings and Flames doubleheaders, right? So um, it means I've got to get a new Loz Nicholson jersey. I've got her Townsville one. I've got to obviously get a Sydney one. So I'm sure that won't be, be an issue getting one of those. So, all right, well, good stuff there. Well, look, before we sort of wrap everything up, we do have to talk about this big NBA trade that went down, um, well, a few days ago now. So we finally saw Dame Lillard change teams. So at the end of the episode last week, Woody and I were talking, I oh, look, Toronto were being mentioned in the mix there, and I think they were quite close to getting it. But in the end, it was a trade with Milwaukee. Um, so Dame Lillard was involved in a three-team deal there with Portland, Milwaukee, and Phoenix. Um, I'm not going to list all the different players that were in the trade, but obviously <clears throat> the main one we want to talk about is Dame Lillard. So after playing his all of his career with the Blazers, is now a Milwaukee Buck. Um, look, they're pretty much the championship favourite now. Um, you've got a team with, with Arnes and Dame there. Um, how good do you think that duo could be there? Yeah, really good, really good. Um, on paper, I suppose some people would think it wouldn't work because they're both such high-profile players, mm. but they're both pretty unselfish players. I think that both of their egos are pretty well in check and I imagine that they're both the type of player who are going to put the interests of the team and winning another championship at the forefront rather than what their stats look like and how many yeah. shots they're getting up. I mean, those two in a pick and roll, I mean, I imagine Dame would be able to find Giannis anywhere. Giannis is able to catch anything. Um, so I'm really excited to see how these guys are going to work. And uh, I had to double check their roster to make sure that they still definitely had Chris Middleton because I still really sure like do. Yeah, no, big fan They're of Middleton. Middleton, both Lopez brothers, uh, obviously Dame. They've now got um, Payne. They still got Connaughton. It's yep. a good, pretty good looking Bucks team. Pretty good it's, looking Bucks it's team. It's decent. They've still got a little bit of depth there, haven't they? Um, yeah, I really like the defensive sort of lineup they've got there. Yes, they've lost Drew Holiday, but you know Middleton's a, a very capable defender. We've seen how good Brook Lopez has been the last few years. Um, interestingly, Dame and Giannis both averaged thirty plus points last season. So just amazing to think they're going to have two guys with that sort of firepower on the team. And I think Dame will do whatever he can to to win. Now you know um, Giannis has got his title. Um, Dame's been in the league for a long time now and has never had that ultimate team success there. So, and it'd be just strange seeing him in the Eastern Conference there. So, you know, after being over in the West for so long. Um, and the interesting other player that was dealt away, Drew Holiday, so a real fan fan favourite there for the Bucs, um, really was a big part in them winning that championship there. So, he got traded to Portland. Um, we knew he wasn't going to stay there long. And then a couple of days ago, he got on-traded to Boston. So, um, so Boston this year, I mean, people were talking about Milwaukee. I think Boston might be the second favourite for the championship now. So um, essentially this off-season for Boston, they've got rid of um, Grant and Robin William, uh, Robert Williams, um, Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart, and they brought back Kristaps um, Porzingis and Drew Holiday there. So two former All-Stars, um, you know, an amazing defender and a a former unicorn in Kristaps Porzingis. So there is a bit of a problem with depth there. I think Milwaukee's probably got the stronger bench when we're talking those two teams there. But, yeah, really looking forward to see how that'll go as well. Um, I think we're like 20 days away from the season starting, give or take. I think the preseason starts this week. But this is probably as excited for an NBA season as I've been. I'll probably say this every year, though, Squin, but I think it might be one of the most excited I've been, um, especially the fact that I'll be actually seeing some live games in person, including seeing Milwaukee, um, one of the Hawks games we're 
planning on seeing. I mean, Woody and I go next year is Atlanta versus Milwaukee. So I did joke to him that those ticket prices have probably gone up by 50% now with that, that Dame signing there. But um, yeah, and um, and look, for in terms of Portland, just very quickly, I think they've probably done okay out of that trade. Um, again, it won't reel out all the players, but they've got a pretty big haul there and some some future draft picks and some pick swaps there. Um, they've got a good you know young uh, core there, I think, with um, Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, um, those sort of guys are really going to be putting up some big numbers this year. And, um, and they got DeAndre Ayton from Phoenix, so you know a former really high draft pick there who's getting a second chance now. It's, um, I wouldn't be surprised if you're playing fantasy, look at getting him in your team. <clears throat> I think he could probably put up 20 and 10 this year, but yeah, certainly a lot of change though, given we're only a few weeks away from the season. So, all right, well, really appreciate that, Squin. There's a lot to go through there. Um, really appreciate the WNBA stuff as well. Um, really looking forward for that series to start. We might sort of start wrapping it up now. Um, just before I sort of get into it too much, just really wanted to thank you for your time, Squin. Um, you know, we love having you on the show. Um, we want to make sure it's a, a regular thing going, <coughs> going forward. Um, of course, you were um, gracious enough to have me on, on one of your podcasts in um, the East Scott Game podcast. Um, will that be returning for a second season? Is there any scoops or anything you can share with us or are you still um, still working out that? The details. I think we'll have a choice, mate. Like we, <laughs> we were very lucky to have so much positive feedback from Escott Game. It was something that I think Lockie and I had thought about for a while and we're sitting on the idea as individuals and then, um, you know, one of those random thoughts pop in your head in the middle of the night and like, we should do this. And then I messaged yep. Lockie the next day and it's like, yes, we should do that. And we, we did leave it a bit late to have, uh, you know, figure out the formatting and rehearsals and, and that kind of pre-planning. So there was a little bit of muddling at the start. But we found our way and, yeah, really lucky that people really loved it. Uh, we got some good feedback from it. And I think the best unexpected byproduct is that other people in the league started to talk to each other about it. So it was mm. another kind of joining point, especially some coaches, some of the coaches yep. started to talk a little bit about it. So I don't think we have a choice, Robbie. I think we have to come back. <laughs> That's good to hear. I know I was telling a lot of the Hills guys and girls that, you know, get on board and, you know, support this podcast. And not only to support you guys, but you're going to learn a lot about the league as well, you know. Sort of, you know, we didn't cover every team, did we, this year? I know Central Coast didn't have every team play a home game there. Same with Hills. So it was good hearing about some of those teams that we, you know, perhaps didn't get a chance to, to get behind the mic and call. And hopefully we're both behind the mic again um, next season. Hopefully we did a good enough job. I know you definitely did, but hopefully I did a good enough job to, to get invited back for a season three three in NBL One East. But, um, well, look, just um, in terms of the show, though, um, as I said at the start of the show, really want to thank everyone for, you know, all the subscriptions, all the, the great feedback we get, um, the numbers are continuing to go up there. So couldn't do that without everyone's support there. Um, so just a reminder, YouTube or wherever you download your podcast. Um, you can also be followed on X or Twitter. Um, still not sure of the name of those squins. So I'm just going to call them both out, but I'll have to just start calling it X soon. But we're at throwbackshoops, um, Instagram, throwback.hoops, um, and our email address is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, I know Woody's not here to do his shout-out, so shout-out to Woody um, overseas there. I know he'd talk about our Patreon um, stuff there, so if anyone wants to get behind us and, and pledge a few dollars for us, we'd really appreciate that um but i want to throw it to you now just into where can people um you know follow you listen to you and everything else like that give us some details yeah so i'm on twitter or x at s underscore squin so s-q-u-i-n uh, i'm on instagram at jacinta underscore governed so that's g-o-v-i-n-d i probably spend more time on instagram promoting uh the women's game particularly australians who are playing women's basketball whether it's here or overseas uh, so if, that, if you're into that, give me a follow. 
Um, I'm also a co-host of a women's basketball podcast called Shooting the Breeze. We have just recorded our 150th episode that's hopefully going to drop uh, sometime this week. So keep an eye out for that. And the last uh, recording that we did was also with Christy Harawa, which was awesome. awesome. She's the OG Opals point guard. Well, not the OG, but she's very highly regarded point guard in my, in my eyes. Uh, and as you mentioned, Robbie, also co-host, co-create, co-produce, co-promote uh, eSport Games, uh, an unofficial podcast about NBL One East competition. Probably the one NBL One East competition that doesn't get a, a lot of coverage. But um, like you said, Robbie, we didn't get a chance to cover anyone in everyone in season one. Um, it was one of those situations being a seasonal podcast where we tried to cover everyone, but we ended up having too many people who were willing to participate and not enough weeks. So we'll certainly try and share the love a lot more uh, for next season. But, yeah, otherwise Instagram, Twitter, Shooting the Breeze, Scott Game. I think that's that's pretty much all all there is, I think. <laughs> You're a busy person, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I'll certainly, you know, just um, echo the sentiments there, you know, get behind these great podcasts that Squins on there, um, Shooting the Breeze, East Got Game. Give her a follow there. And, um, yeah, we'd love to, to have you back on for a future episode. And I'm always there if you need me for an East Got Game episode, you know that. So just um, give us a follow there. So. All right. Well, yeah, just wanted to really thank everyone for tuning in. It's been a great show this week. Um, always our pleasure to have uh, Jacinta on the show. Uh, I always ask Woody for a last word. Um, Squid, have you got a last word before we sign off? I'm going to take this from another podcast, a non-basketball podcast by Brett Goldstein called Films to be Buried With. He says he finishes every episode by saying, be excellent to each other. I like that. I like that. Well, that's way better than any of that stuff that Woody would throw up when I ask him this one. So, <laughs> nice. You did well. All right. Thanks, Ape Squin. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining us. And a big peace out from the Throwback Hoops crew. Mm-hmm.